1: Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy.
2: That's what the poster said?
1: See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? No. Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking.
3: Yeah.
2: Okay. Yes.
1: <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read at PG-13.
3: This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
4: This week on the marketers report, Patrizio Spagnoleto, Global Chief Marketing Officer Director Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in
1: on building trust.
5: Welcome to A Celtic State of Mind. I'm Paul John Dykes and today I am joined by Kevin Graham. Kevin, you have appeared on A Celtic State of Mind from the very first episodes, and you're in on a Monday to have a look at the bulletin. Have you got anything positive for us? Have you got anything positive in the world of Celtic for us to kickstart the show?
2: Well, it's Duffy. Shane Duffy.
5: Shane Duffy. Right. Um, he's, had a,
2: he's, he's had a rough couple of weeks and it was very pleasing of course, it was very pleasing to see him yesterday play really well for the Republic of Ireland mm-hmm. and look, look like the Shane Duffy that we wanted even though the Republic had um, a, a bad result. Um, if you watch the game, I'm, I'm sure many of our viewers and listeners did watch the game he, he was Ireland's best defender and probably Ireland's best player on the day. Uh, they're going through a bit of a rough patch at the moment at the Republic of Ireland but he, he, was a, he was an absolute leader for them yesterday. Right. And it was really, really positive and good to see. And obviously we're sitting here in another COVID outbreak. Well, no outbreak, but uh, the two Norwegian guys have got, uh, I've got Could to...
5: Could be a bit of a crisis, yep.
2: ...have got to quarantine, eh? So uh, you're probably looking at Duffy Plain... I think we should probably err on the side that Duffy's going to need to play on, on Saturday because mm-hmm. it looks like the two Norwegians will have to quarantine, eh? So it was really good to get get him a wee bit of, see him get a wee bit of confidence, especially, uh, like, have a decent game.
5: Oh, definitely, Kevin. See, the thing, going into the, the international break, we were speaking about how can this international break benefit Celtic, and one of the things that we actually did say was that uh, we could potentially have a situation where you know, Shane Duffy goes out and has, has a couple of good games, rebuilds that confidence and, you know, he can maybe then slot back into the Celtic side because a lot of that, I think a lot of it is down to the confidence at the moment and, uh, you know, if, if Duffy goes out there and has a, a cracking game for his country uh, he's got another game coming up, you know, hopefully he'll come back uh, as the player we thought we were getting a couple of months back when we signed him. It is looking likely against Hibs that Shane Duffy will need to line up due to yet another um, Breakout in the Celtic camp whilst on international duty, feeling a wee bit hard done by when it comes to this, Kevin. Because again, El yunusi's flying. Ayer seems to be for me. He's a keystone in the in the um, in the defence, and both of them are out. I mean, on the flip side, Mohammed's coming back a wee bit earlier because he was sent off. He won't be playing against Scotland for Israel. Um, so he's going to be coming back earlier And you know we've got Scotland players Who we'll go on to talk about Who obviously is going to have plenty of minutes in their legs as well I don't know if that's a good, bad or or otherwise uh, Thing for the, the likes of McGregor and Christie Who are playing a lot of games But let's, let's concentrate first of all on the two Norwegians I mean um, I don't think it's been confirmed exactly yet But it is looking like they're going to be in quarantine By the time you face Hibs
2: it's, uh... International football and why we have an international football during a global pandemic, especially when this was, I'm right in saying it was a friendly game, it wasn't, it wasn't like a Nations League game, it wasn't a, a competitive international football uh, fixture, so what was the point of having international friendlies during mm, this time, I know. getting football players out their bubble? And it is a bubble that they're absolutely loving it. They are living in. And we have got to remember that it can be quite hard on them. It's hard on everybody uh, during this time. But meeting, you're, you're meeting players from other bubbles and you're just seeing it. It's, it's rife now. And we're probably, the Norwegian FA probably took the right decision very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. And the game was cancelled. But Again, we we go, another international break, and we're going to get disadvantaged as soon as we come back out of it. Well, uh, we we'll go the back. The coaching staff in the club must be going, What, what have we done this year? Mm-hmm. Well, why, why are we getting all this bad luck when it com- comes to this and other clubs all over Europe are getting away scot free? Not that we want any player to become ill, not that we want a- any club to be. Um, disadvantaged by this horrible, horrible virus. but
5: You're a victim of your success because we've got so many players out on international duty, Kevin. Uh, you know, you look at the amount that we have against maybe another club in Scotland and we're going to be hit because we've got so many players on international duty, be that for the top side or the under twenty one, So you, you become a victim of your success, don't you?
2: Again, is it down to the authorities? The authorities the should have been a bit more savvy about this, about allowing fixtures, friendly fixtures to go ahead. Mm-hmm. And even then, even having a look at the Nations League, did the Nations League really need to get played at this time? Could it not just be mothballed for a year and played next year? Could they not have fitted it in at some other point? I mean it's not as if the I mean there's Telly Deals. That, 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 it all comes what, down, what, pounds what, what, and comes down to pounds, hey? it's all absolutely. It always comes down to money. It's not as if, it's not as if the national associations are making gate money from these games, which is what basically international friendlies are about. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, I find it really, really bizarre that, like, like associations want to play friendly football at this time when it's so difficult to get domestic games going. The amount of hoops that that you've got to jump through to get domestic games going, and it just seems like a, a too big a risk. I know people will say, "Oh, why do you want to play European football as well?" But club European football is different because the players are in their own club bubble, mm-hmm. and they're not mixing with other. Apart so there's, a, there's two bubbles per th- game. There's, there's two bubbles. Yeah. Yes, so they're not they're not mixing with.
5: Multi multi- multiple
2: bubbles uh, multiple, multiple bubbles It's multi- getting really confusing All it these is. bubbles eh? I know. Um, I'm just really I'm Not annoyed If anything was going to go wrong For Celtic this season it, Everything just seems to be going wrong Everything just seems to be Piling up against us And the odds are getting stacked against us all the time And anything that can go wrong Is going wrong Hopefully the Scottish guys have got a wee bit of a bounce in their step when they come back.
5: I hope so, yeah. Because Absolutely.
2: When you had a look at McGregor, Callum McGregor, Ryan Christie, even Lee Griffiths celebrating another night when we when we got to Euro twenty twenty, mm-hmm. you could see you could see a, like a, a fire in their eyes, a glint in their eyes. That I think it's been missing this season for them. It, it's one of those things that these players have now can now tick off that. They've went down in history as a Scottish team that ended... That broke the duck. That broke the duck for 22, the 22-year duck. And they're they're going to be remembered forevermore. And it was great to see David Marshall as well, saving the penalty, because a lot of fond memories of David Marshall as well. Mm -hmm. And even yesterday, and this is one thing I think we're going to to get, get on to, was saw Kieran Tierney, Armstrong, eh, Stuart Armstrong and Ryan Christie teaming up yesterday in a wee triangle down that left hand side yep. and I was sitting there going, that could have been us. We could, be, we could have been watching those players do that for us.
5: I know, and, I know. I, I got the same sense Kevin when, I, or I get the same sense when I see Denaya and Boyata uh, playing at the heart of the defence for for Belgium, and obviously I'm also looking over at Martínez with love heart's coming at my head, but that's another thing for another podcast. Um, But yeah, when when you see that, it's tinged with a wee bit of sadness when it's guys that we we had, you know, not that long ago. I mean, the David Marshall thing, I think all Celtic fans want to see David Marshall doing well because he came through the ranks. He's, uh, you know, Celtic born and bred, if you like, and to see him still playing at the level that he's playing at uh, and on the international level as well, but then um, you also look at the Craig Gordon scenario. Doesn't surprise me that he's done what, he, what he's done. He's got a strength of character, Craig Gordon, that uh, you need to have if you come back from an injury that that forces you out of the game almost entirely, but certainly for two years to fight back from that and and get your move to Celtic. And you know, it's it's a great thing, hindsight, but it ties into one of the points I want to talk about today. Anyway. Uh, which will be the the goalkeeper situation? Because uh, people have said over the last few weeks, uh, or even months, creeping into months, Kevin, that there's a lot of negativity surrounding, you know, Celtic media, Celtic fan media, or alternative media, whatever you want to describe it as. But I think you know it's quite clear that the narrative um, basically is generated and governed by what's happening on the pitch. I mean, it's not as though you say, right, let's let's set up a wee negative story here and run with that. The narrative is whatever's happening at Celtic. So if everything is going well, we talk about it. If, if things aren't going well, we talk about that. And we try and get as many views and opinions as possible. But when you came in today and we're talking about Duffy, I was looking at Shane Duffy and I'm looking at the goalkeeper scenario, Kevin, and I'm thinking, there's three things I'd like to change. There's three things I'd like to change at the moment. Um, and... and contrary to popular belief, one of them isn't actually Neil Lennon, that's not my priority, get rid of Neil Lennon, because it's not, what I'd much rather change is I'd, I'd much rather change the situation we have at the moment and it's all defensive Kevin, the situation we have with Callum McGregor playing I'm not going to say out of position, but he's playing in a position where he's not as effective as the Callum McGregor we've seen in the international break and that, that's something we're going to talk about, it's the Shane Duffy dilemma, whereby we've you know, we've really pushed the boat out to get him into Celtic. We know what it means to him um, as a Celtic fan, born and bred, a genuine one as well, I, th- I believe. Um, and it's not, it's not happened. And the third part of that equation uh, that I'd like to see sorted out after the international break is a goalkeeper scenario whereby we've we've really once again pushed the boat out. We have brought in a four and a half million pound goalie. You know, the the most expensive goalkeeper in Celtic's history uh, that we've gone out and purchased. And it's not working. So you think, well, perhaps McGregor needs to be moved. Perhaps Shane Duffy's confidence is returning with performances like yesterday, Kevin. And perhaps Badcastle will be back in goals against Hibs, having done quite a bit of work with uh, Stevie Woods in the, the period that he's been out. Because he doesn't become a bad player overnight. Neither does Duffy. And if you think... If those three things—all defensive, all defensive issues—because McGregor going out there and finding someone better to play in that defensive role in the midfield, Kevin, you resolve those three issues, and you resolve a lot of the issues within the playing side of that Celtic team this season.
2: I said last week that I reckon our defensive woes is a team issue, no just not just a, a defensive issue. I think we're we're not defending well as a team. Mm. You look at the, the two Scotland games over the last couple, last couple, the last few days, and you saw McGregor and a disciplined side as a centre midfielder alongside Ryan Jack. He was allowed to get forward when he wanted to because Jack was covering them, but you saw a whole team that was organised and pulling in the same direction. It had an identity, and they knew what they were there to do. Every player in that 3-4-1-2 formation knew their job, knew exactly where somebody was going to be. And there was an organisation that you could see that they've worked on over a couple of the last couple of training camps that they've had mm-hmm. with, with, with Steve Clark. And it's no surprise to see a Steve Clark team as organised as it, because we saw it with Kilmarnock, we saw what he can do. When he gets a hold of players and the players buy in mm-hmm. to what's to what 's going on, even yesterday in the defeat we we spoke last week about faith and belief and the the, the two different things, even though Scotland lost yesterday we 're going to play Israel tomorrow night, mm-hmm. and i 've actually got belief we can get a result because of the way that we played yesterday, even though it ended up in defeat. We showed enough. They go, these players have bought into what Steve Clark's doing. Mm-hmm. And we had enough chances yesterday. Um, Lee Griffiths had a great chance in the last minute, which the keeper had a... He
5: didn't do much wrong with that, Kevin, he did he? didn't, no,
2: He done, <laughs> done everything that you would ask your striker to do. I mean, he had to play 20-odd minutes with Ollie McBurney, which seems to be quite fashionable to bash Ollie McBurney. Um, for, for Scotland fans, over the last couple of days and... I feel sorry. I actually do feel sorry for McBurney because it's a bit like eh, we've seen it with Ollie Burke. It's not his fault that they've got these massive transfer fees hanging over their heads. But I must admit that Ollie McBurney looks like that wee guy in your kids' team that only gets a game because his dad's eh, the sponsor. You, <laughs> aye, used car <laughs> room sponsors. I can't say he's looking like that. Eh? But you look at Christie yesterday. Christie was superb in the second striker role. So um, the last two games against Slovenia and Slovakia he's been immense. It just looked like I saw a, an effort and a determination and a willingness that maybe he's been missing in Christian McGregor this season for Celtic. And I find that worrying. And I find that worrying as well because I'm going to say this but when Scotland lost that last minute goal I've never felt a, a drop in the pit of my stomach like that from a Celtic game for ages. I couldn't remember when I actually felt like my world had caved in when Celtic have last lost, lost a f- goal. F- like far- that. Ferenc Farros? No. I expected it. The
5: second goal against Rangers? No. The third and fourth goal against Sparta Prague? Uh, no. 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 The, the, equali- last time- the equaliser at Petodri?
2: I, I, that did, I get I, that, that
5: sinking feeling every that, time something like that happens
2: that, that, that did I'm not going to change what I say after, after Pataudry and I do think that was, the, that, that was the time I reckoned that when we look back on this if it all goes pear shaped for me that last minute equaliser will be the point where I knew that it was going to go downhill and it wasn't going to work Um no all the goals that you mentioned, the Ferris Virus ones. Well, i would seen Clues the year before. We'd seen Copenhagen know, the year I before. You still
5: feel gutty, though, Kevin. No,
2: I've been able to wash it off. I've just been able to dust it down. I don't think I've. I don't think my brain's computed that last season's no finished. I, I. I'm maybe in this parallel universe where I don't think this season's actually happening. I mean, even like we've got the Scottish Cup in that. Maybe I'll feel different after we actually end last season.
5: Well, Kevin,
2: and and, and I know that sounds completely, completely no, no. Strange. I,
5: I understand it. And I do get it. I do get it. It's it's we're in uncharted waters here because, uh, as you say, we've not even finished last season, and that won't happen until the twentieth of December. Uh, what I was going to ask you though, because you mentioned McBurney, and obviously I see all all the all the online kind of stuff surrounding that player, and. You know, he's obviously uh, taken his social media over a period of time to make his allegiances pretty well known, uh, and obviously his attitude towards Scotland and you know not doing the huddle, which is a completely different attitude altogether. I'm not going to get bogged down with all that stuff because it's all very petty nonsense, really. But um, I, I think you judge McBurney on his ability. I think it, we all do. So if he's getting stick, it's due to the fact that he's not that great. I think that on the on the bigger. Kind of scheme of things is is what people that, base that, it on.
2: That doesn't suit the narrative, though. Oh, that of course does it suit doesn't. The narrative that's yeah. getting put out there by certain high profile journalists or high profile journalists on Twitter anyway. But basically, and Celtic
5: fans have got an issue against McBurney because he's a Rangers fan. That that's well, that's the narrative.
2: Well, like what McBurney's done is extremely petty hmm. sometimes. Uh, but first play, if that's the way that he wants to love his life, that's the way that he wants to love his life. I go to the Scotland games with a Rangers fan. I was Grant. going to ask
5: you, Kevin Grant. I'm going to ask you about your relationship with the Scottish national team talk to us about because again, it's a personal thing very much so it's something I've never bought into in terms of going to the games I know you do um, but I mean, I was pulled up again for maybe a comment I made in the last international break because my priority is always Celtic and I've said it in the past that I don't focus on English football I didn't watch English football my knowledge of, of football as a whole I don't think it's hindered because I don't watch English football. I, I read um, you know, the amount of biographies, autobiographies, football, books, journals, everything else. So the knowledge is there um, in, in, the, in the global sense, Kevin. But it doesn't interest me. English football doesn't interest me, so I don't watch it. And, and anyway, I'm not quite sure when I would fit in the time at the moment <laughs> to, to, to watch a game that doesn't involve Celtic because it's all-consuming. Celtic isn't it particularly yes, when yes. we're doing uh-huh. daily broadcast and the like but that doesn't mean to say that it's disrespectful because I mean as I said yesterday you know I used to support Stephen Henry when he played snooker or Andy Murray when he played tennis and I always want to see Scotland doing well but I don't think you can blame anyone for being uh, you know kind of disconnected to the Scotland team. We've been absolutely garbage for la- large spells of the last 22 years.
4: As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. It's the Marketer's Report. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more.
5: I mean, it gets to the point also where you look at the the role played by the SFA and various matters involving Celtic and uh, the situation when Rangers went into liquidation and then a Phoenix club was introduced to the Scottish League and their dealings and their handlings of that. And why would anyone expect me to, to be sitting here with my face painted blue and white, you know, but the flip side is, well done Stevie Clark, well done the Scotland team, I'm delighted that they've got through, I'll support them, of course I will, but not as a member of the Tartan Army as I know that you do, you, you actually go to the games and, you know, it's something you enjoy, what is your relationship with the Scottish national team? I,
2: I didn't paint my face and wear a kilt with a pair of diamonds, that's for sure. Um, the reason I started going to Scotland games Is because there was a whole load of us All used to go round to my friend's house To watch the Scotland games And we were all The majority of us were Celtic fans And there was a couple of Rangers fans And my very good pal Grant Doesn't really go to the football And, he, and he's, he's really really passionate about Scotland He is a Rangers fan But he's more passionate about Scotland Than what he is about Rangers mm-hmm. Really? I've I, always said that he only became a Rangers fan to annoy us because we were all Celtic So fans. he
5: is more of a Scotland fan than a Rangers yes. fan?
2: Yes. right. I, I'll definitely. He would probably argue with me. Mm. But I would say, no, you're, you're made a Scotland fan. So he worked most Saturdays and it got to a point where I said, come on, steady. Let's go to a couple of midweek games and see how you like it. And that's how it started. And our whole plan was to... Go to a couple of games, maybe day and away game, something like that. But obviously, that's going to be Kai Bos now. But he he's he's more into the the tartan army. But he he doesn't wear hats, but he'll wear Scotland kits and that. And he hasn't wore a kilt yet. I think when they not they let him in the car, if you actually tried to get in with a kilt on and a pair of workman, bits I, I think I would draw the line at that or even come on with face paints. But I've I've enjoyed it I mean, who wouldn't enjoy playing against England? I've seen us play England twice. Mm-hmm. The, the night against, uh, we played the Republic of Ireland, it was great. I got to sing two national anthems. It was absolutely brilliant. Mm-hmm. We played England at Celtic Park as well, and I was sitting in my season ticket seat at Celtic Park. And I've, I'm 40 years going to watch football booing guys who wave Union Jacks and sing God Save the Queen. So I felt right at him that night. Um, so... Well, I. I I can I can understand what you say with the SFA and all of that, but I can I can separate that. I see it as a, a game of football, who, where I want my nation to go well, do well. But my expectations are different. My emotional expectations are different going to a Scotland game than going to a Celtic game. Mm-hmm. I, I, I kind of clarified that in my head very very quickly going to Scotland games where. Do you expect Scotland to, to win every time that they step onto the pitch? No. as a different expectations. I must admit as well, some of the stuff I've heard at Scotland games is absolutely terrible. And if it was coming from a Celtic support or, and I can only comment from a Celtic support point of view, mm-hmm. we would get guys lifted left, right and centre. I've seen behaviour outside Hamden at Scotland games, which would actually see riot vans Flying to the scene, right, if it was Celtic we were playing, and I've seen that, and I've had, I've, I've even had a, a policeman admit that to me when, I, when I was lucky enough to be involved in a couple of meetings with Glasgow Police with my my Celtic uh, with the affiliation type thing, and I brought this up, and the Tartan Army have got this sort of harmless, good fun banter identity. Mm. Where haven't been on the inside yet, I would think twice about going to a away game. Now. Right. I, would, I would actually think twice about going to an away game because maybe it's just me, but because I didn't drink, maybe because I'm getting older, I just find some of the behaviour abhorrent. Um, but that doesn't stop me going to the games because. Enjoy watching games of football. Enjoy watching players that I know. I've seen Muller. I've seen Ledinowski. I've seen a good England, uh, good England side. I really, really enjoyed Thursday night. I must admit, as I say, as I say, is there Thursday night was the first real football buzz that I've got since this pandemic started. And I'm says a str- lot about says I'm, a lot
5: about Celtic performances. It
2: does, and I'm struggling to compute that. Mm-hmm. I'm really, really struggling to get a grasp on that. That that. I really did feel like my, the pit of my stomach had disappeared when Slovenia had equalised. And the last time I felt like that watching Celtic was probably Black Sunday.
5: Well, Mings was at the weekend when Motherwell scored because I thought they were going to pull it back and get a draw off us. So it happens quite often for me, Kevin. Every time I see a goal and it's I. It's the impending feeling it.
2: And the last time. Goal-wise, it was maybe Black Sunday. I've probably had other ones that have just blank to it. Uh, but feeling-wise, this surrounding football, was when I heard how Celtic had appointed Neil Lennon as permanent manager. I still, that, I still
5: uh, don't believe it had happened in the shower, though.
2: That, that impending doom feeling came over me, and it was the same as what I got on Thursday night with that equaliser.
5: It's interesting for me, for, for someone to have that attachment to, you know, all intents and purposes, another football side. Even though it is your country. Um, so while we're looking at the international break. We're looking at you know the effect it's going to have on Celtic. Coming back to, obviously, why we're here. Um, so we've spoken about Shane Duffy. And I did say, uh, going into this break, Kevin, it would be great if he could get a wee bit of confidence back. You reckon after yesterday's performance, that might be the case. I know uh, Roy Keane was a wee bit uh, critical of his performance against England. But when he comes back, I mean, he's playing in a, a struggling island side. Stephen mm-hmm. Kenny's the manager there. And uh, although Paddy McCourt rates Stephen Kenny extremely highly um, from their time playing for Derry, um, you know I, I've spoken to a lot of the ex-Dunfermline players that he managed who didn't rate him at all. Um, and I mean, some of the stories, uh, the unorthodox methods, let's just say, uh, were quite amusing. But they didn't, they didn't rate him. Uh, there was a bit of mutiny in the camp when he was at Dunfermline. he didn't last long there. Uh, as a result of that. But, um, I mean, when you look at that Republic Island side, you look at Shane Duffy, you think to yourself, will we get the Shane Duffy we we thought we were getting this time round? Is this like a natural break in the season, Kevin, where we do turn it around starting against Hibs at Easter Road? And that leads me on. We'll come back to McGregor and Christie and others uh, as we go through the show. That leads me on to the game against Hibs. At the beginning of the season... I spoke quite highly uh, of Hibs. I think that they've got a good management team. I've said this before, they've got a good management team with Jack Ross, who obviously was highly rated by Brennan Rogers. Um, and John John Potter, he's assistant, who I rate very, very highly as well. Um, they've gone off the boil a wee bit. I thought I think they've done well in the transfer market um, and buying players from within the Scottish game, primarily. I think they've done really well with the boy in this bit who was quite clearly a player last season for Dunfermline. And uh, I believe Dundee United were interested in signing him for half a million at one point last season. Uh, They held on to him, they probably got less money from Hibs eventually, but good signing the boy in this bit. We're going into that game, we seem to have had um, the upper hand over Hibs this season, I know one of them was a pre-season game, Kevin, we looked pretty good when we beat them at home, and then in the league game as well, what are you expecting? What are you expecting against Easter Road um, At Easter Road rather against Hibbs? And how do you think we will line up
2: I'm expecting a, a tough game I think I, I read yesterday That we haven't bet Hibbs in a league game At Easter Road since January 2014 I've, Obviously they, they disappeared from the top flight For a wee while away But I don't think Brendan won Rogers there Rogers
5: didn't uh, enjoy
2: going to Easter Road did he Didn't enjoy going to Easter Road Um they had a good victory yesterday against Dundee, but then it was like a late collapse. We done we from Dundee, uh, but then Dundee are a championship team. Hibs have been playing well. I must admit, I watched the the, the semi final against Hearts, mm-hmm. and that was just a a fight in a paddling pool basically, and <laughs> Hearts basically won. Um, it wasn't much of a game. Uh, the, the hubs that we had seen earlier in the season weren't there. Um, Ross seems to play a four four two. He seems to like the four four two formation, which uh, is not in vogue. <laughs> um, when you look at what's happening all over Europe, they're a decent decent side, and you would you would hope that they would put up. If I was a hubs fan, I would hope that hubs would turn up. That is there is there a better time to play Celtic? Uh, where we are at this precise moment in time, if you want if you want to get a result against Celtic, is there a better time for Celtic to be coming at your patch? I I don't I don't think I think they'll be they'll fancy their chances, and they they probably should fancy their chances. And there's evidence there that they should fancy their chances, but that result against Hearts is a as a statement result when you're trying to when for Jack Ross and and your and your Guy Potter there getting beat off a championship side Mm -hmm. in a semi-final and your bitter city city rivals, when you're trying to change your mindset of a club, that is a tough pick-up for that squad. That is a really tough pick-up for that squad. It's the same with Neil Lennon. Our our coaching staff are not going to get any of the players back until Thursday this week. Mm -hmm. And we've got a day to prepare, basically. A day and a half to prepare for going to our Tough one of our, which, which has been over the last couple of years, our toughest away venue.
5: Well, I predicted at the beginning of the season that Hibs would be in a top three this season. Uh, I know they've they've not been as great over the last few games as they maybe started, Kevin. But I, I stand by that prediction. I do think Kibbs will be a top three side this year. Um, so it is going to be one of the toughest away games we're going to have, especially allied to the the actual record we have at Easter Road. I know we beat them in the cup. Um, 2 nothing it was, wasn't it? Just after Lennon took over. But um, Neil Lennon, obviously, at his old stomping ground. Um, I was going to say unfinished business, but obviously he left on a sour note, Kevin, when he left Easter Road. Um, do we have the players? I've said all season we have the players, no doubt about it. Um, it just depends on how we line up. And I'm thinking the three key issues, and I know that we're now dealing with Moel, Yannoussi and Ayer, um not being confirmed yet by the club, uh, however, it would seem that they're going to be in quarantine They're going to miss the game Which is so frustrating When you look at the the form of El And the fact that, you know Ayer's been our best centre-half all season If you were to look at the season collectively Kevin, he's been the best centre-half You're then looking at Very, very doubtful that Julian's going to get thrown in In a game like this Having been out for as long as he's been out You know, he's not kicked a ball Since the, the game against Ross County mm-hmm. So... You know, you don't then throw him in. He needs to get that level of match fitness before he can start a game like this. So you're probably looking at um, Duffy partnering. Would it be Beaton or El- Elhamid in the centre?
2: You'd probably say Beaton eh? when you when you look at the the previous uh, uh, the coaching staff like Beaton. Um, they like what he does they like what he brings to his team, Bring the team and I probably agree with you with, with Julian the fact that he hasn't kicked a ball for so many weeks has thrown him in from that'll the start that'll be two months won't it that'll be, well, a bit it'll two months. be nearly two months yep. uh, throwing him in for the start uh, seems very uh, seems an unlikely risk unless he's just naturally fit but mind you it seems to take other players mumps to get match fit mm-hmm. um, so you you would, you would actually say it would be Duffy and Beaton in the middle um, I would play El Hamed at right back right, uh, Laxalt left back mm-hmm. again you, you, you've got to as Brown and McGregor as that too again I feel that McGregor shoehorned into that position, that's right. not his best position So
5: what do you do with that? Because that, that's what we kind of led with what do, you, what do you do with that situation? Do you continue with Brown there Kevin and marry him up with someone else Who from the playing pool would suit that position I suggested the other week Beton's probably the, the best player for that McGregor role where, where McGregor is at the moment I think Beton's maybe the best player for that he Slows the game down And I, I totally get that 100% get that Where do you then play McGregor? Well El is going to have to drop out So McG- there's there's a place in front of the the mm-hmm. two Deeper lying midfielders Where McGregor could be utilised in there Alongside it would be Rogic and Christie I guess
2: No, you've actually said that. I've actually got got Moy in my team. So what I would do, it would be Brown at charm and I'd move McGregor further forward onto that left-hand side. Right. Instead of Moy. But again, I don't think that solves the problem. That's the shoe-holding McGregor into a position to get him on the pitch. Um, His best position is the centre of midfield alongside somebody who's disciplined.
5: So he orchestrates the Uh, play.
2: uh,
5: So why not scrap? Why not scrap? I mean, why are we playing with the two... The, you know the two deep lying midfield players there. It's,
2: it's a formation that the team know well it's a formation that the team have been nearly playing five years
5: but it's not Con- working this season
2: for, constantly mm. but we've got no going we've got no game time no sorry we've got no training time you can't implement a, f- a 3-4-3 formation when the players are just going to be back on thursday you can't say to them right rip up everything that you know we're going to play a we're going to play a 4-4-2 we want you to do this. These players work on muscle memory.
5: But you said um, a formation they've known for five years. What six new players in that team? Six first team players. So you know, I think it's one of the, it's, it's an opportunity, Kevin. Particularly when you're trying to to implement something that's going to change the rut that Celtic have been in most of the season. It's an opportunity, I think, um, to to actually try something a wee bit different with the shape.
2: Coaches are risk averse. Mm. I couldn't see Neil Lennon known. How can you see the coaching staff ripping up what they've done for the start of the season at this point, unless they've had a chance to work with the players. When we came back from Dubai, we had two weeks working at a 3-5-2. We had two weeks, pre, basically a mini pre-season, working on that formation. We're now hoping, thinking, wondering if the coaching staff are going to implement a new formation when they've got a day and a half to work with the players. Mm. And coaches are no that risk averse. What Neil will try to do, he'll try and get his best 11 in that 4 2 that four two three one formation on the pitch. And if that means that there's going to be square pegs and round holes, so be it. But that's what he'll do. He'll try and get 11 players on that part that he trusts. Right, whether, so we, right, whether rightly or wrongly Or we can sit here and moan and say Soro might be better sitting there As a f- defensive midfielder Turnbull might be better coming in because he's got more you're energy
5: a You're taking a chance with Soro I, I see his name popping up all the time in the comments And we will all come to the comments uh, Once we've run through your team Kevin But I think that's a risk I think it's a big risk. We've not seen enough of sorrow to know and trust that we can put him in in a that, game like this.
2: That's what I'm meaning. That the coaching staff will not take that risk. They'll have a look at their, their top 11 that they've got available and will shoehorn them into a 4-2-3-1.
5: So the shape's more important than the personnel. So, who's in goals? You never told us who your goalie is. Does Bain keep the jersey? Do you bring back Barkas?
2: I would bring back Barkas. Um, I think Scott Bain's contribution's been overestimated, over-egged. He had a good game and Leon saved the penalty kick but I think we've shipped 10 goals in three games that he's mm-hmm. been there. Mm-hmm. Look, we've got to trust Stevie Woods. We've yeah. got to trust Stevie Woods on this. Mm-hmm. Listen to David Marshall the other night when David Marshall saved that penalty kick. Marshall says him and Woodsy knew mm-hmm. where that guy was going to put the ball because mm-hmm. he's missed his last two for Fulham. So they had worked on that. Marshall's got praise coming out his ear holes for Stevie Woods if we go right back Fraser Foster remember Foster in his first season yep were we that bothered that he came back for a second season no I, no, I remember,
5: remember we? I remember that announcement and it was the night the, the Seon game
2: mm-hmm.
5: and I, I can't remember it was another loan deal I think it was another loan deal rather than a permanent deal that he eventually signed Kevin and totally mm-hmm. underwhelmed by the news That Fraser Foster had signed permanently So that why was
2: that? Because because Stevie Woods He kept
5: working with him, and working working with him. You working could see him, him at half-time You know, mm-hmm. coming out He didn't go in for a half-time team talk Fraser Foster You know, for a long, long time And he was still working at half-time mm-hmm. With Stevie Woods
2: So Stevie Woods wanted Barkas When Foster didn't, didn't mm-hmm. Want to come back Couldn't come back Was stopped for coming back Whatever Whatever happened there, eh? So You've got to trust Stevie Woods. And Barkas is your number one goalkeeper. He's away with the Greek national team, I think, Mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. So you've got to bring him back in. You've got to bring him back in for the long term of the club. Mm -hmm. He's not a young laddie. He's 26. Vastly experienced international caps. You've got to bring him back in. Also, another point that I would make about Stevie Woods is this. Stevie Woods is the only member of our backroom team that's never got a decision wrong any time that he's been there.
5: What decisions does he make? Brandon, I know that he was instrumental in Barkas Gor- coming.
2: Barkas, Gordon.
5: Was he involved in bringing he, he, Gordon?
2: He was involved in bringing Gordon back. Well,
5: he got that right. Got that he was right. maybe
2: overruled with the because that was definitely a Brendan Rodgers signing. Eh uh, but you look at all the goalies that we've had I know. since since Woods has been there, he's never got one wrong wrong yet. And it's
5: safe to say, I mean, is there any he hasn't developed positively?
4: Results.com
5: for more. Not for the books so if Barkass was to turn out to be a flop. And I think it's too early to be calling him that anyway. I thought the press around Barca's first time round, because remember early doors, he was getting a lot of stick, Kevin. And we said on the podcast that it's unfair. It was unwarranted at that stage, wasn't it? And then there's this second wave of criticism, probably partly due to the fact that the defence has been pretty woeful. And he's been part of that. But I do think if we get the goalie right, we get Duffy... Now, it's not as simple as say, get Duffy right, but he showed signs yesterday, didn't he? He did. He showed signs of the Duffy we brought to Celtic Park. And if we can get that, then it's a start. Then we start looking at this issue with McGregor probably playing in a position that's not his best. And he shows that when he plays for Scotland. Um, and in these three small changes, they tweaks. It's not like experimentation, Kevin, but get that right. And then we might see... Uh, a Celtic side that I th- still think is capable. When you look at the players, you're going at, you're right. You're going into the game against Hibs. You've given us your backline. Who else do you play?
2: Um. Right. So I I, I change it to Brown and, and Cham as the mm. two sitters. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christie Rogic and McGregor. Right. And Ayeti up front. Ayeti? Aieti up front. Okay. So uh, just because Aieti looks far more interested than Eddie.
5: Right, and uh, Griffiths, I would well, we he...
2: leave Griffiths on the bench. Um, he's more than likely to And In get...
5: a game like this, against the Hibs, his team...
2: Has he ever turned up against Hibs?
5: Maybe it's time he did. Uh,
2: it's probably time that he is, no. but again, look at, look at... I hate he's in front of him. Is he? When the coaching staff are making the decision, yeah. I hate he's in front of him. Yep. Griffiths as well came on 67 minutes yesterday. He came on 117 minutes in the extra time basically he came out on to take a penalty the, <laughs> the only touch of the ball that he got was a penalty kick nah. which took how, how that
5: took balls mentality, of steel I know the, what a balls mentality, of steel hey? yep.
2: that's unreal aye you, you know you're getting brung on for a penalty kick that is and you I mean, it took it in stride Kevin and that's know. got three minutes to play in your mind I know that, that's that's frightening that's that, that's something I can't comprehend as a half arse pundit sitting here like what those football players go through Mm -hmm. And it's something when you sit here and criticise, you always feel a bit bad. No bad, but you always go, I don't really care what I'm talking about because I've never been in the situation that they've been in. I'm making a comment on something that I really didn't care anything about.
5: I know, but at the same time, being a, a footballer isn't a criteria for commenting on the game. I mean, a footballer can give you some great insight, Kevin. But you know, if that was the case, every single footballer would be a brilliant pundit, or every single footballer would be a brilliant manager. You know, so you're sitting there doing yourself a disservice. We all have an opinion on a game as long as it's balanced, and you can back it up with your reasoning behind what you've said. Then, then that's fine. And so, your voice is as important and as relevant as the next one. So, don't be as disparaging about it.
2: Saturday, Saturday's after the culture change comment after the Sparta-Prague game. Neil Lennon says, we need to get back to basics. And, I, and I'm, as I, I spoke last Monday about the culture change comment. I didn't understand that culture change comment. The change in culture has came from the management because, as you've rightly said, there's been six new players been brought into that changing room. Yep. So... Stevie Mullen, Stevie Mullen, Mullen, that was a guy who plays for Hibs. Um, Stevie Mullen says something interesting about he thinks there's a split in the camp because of the way that they come out the the tunnel. Mm. And it got me thinking back. I went to a a Celtic Supporters Association rally in the Kerrydale suite, which would have been Ronnie's last season. And the season that Lee Griffith scored 43 goals for us and the whole team was there before they went to what's the hotel they go to eurocentral or did they go to the i hotel? don't
5: know i'm
2: not stuck i, I they, they can't go, they go, they go to a hotel in and i can't remember the name of the hotel so the team were there for the dinner then they were going away to do their preparation for the game mm-hmm. and when stevie mentioned that i started thinking back to that night and i was there with a a guy, James Gannon, who goes up On my supporters club And he says to me, he says, you notice they two tables? The players And you could quite tell there was a division You could quite tell The the camps and the dressing room Just with the way that they were sat at the tables
5: Apparently they go to the Dakota,
2: the Dakota. No, that's
5: According to Alan Oberson And Lawrence and Richard Murray says Radisson Blue um, So we'll come to everybody's comments by the way I'm not ignoring them, it's just that uh, You know 45 minutes has passed already because uh, Kevin's excited to be here and uh, we've got plenty to talk about but we're not in any hurry, I know that the broadcast normally goes out for about an hour Kevin. but it runs later today, it runs later and it's fine, absolutely no problem at all with that but I certainly won't be going offline without delving into some of the comments on Facebook, Twitter uh, and YouTube as well but it's an interesting line-up Kevin and I I keep thinking about how best to utilise what is undoubtedly an excellent squad that Celtic have, Uh, you know, that view doesn't change because of a, a runny bad performances, for me it doesn't change, so I agree with you, Bad and goals, I think we need to get back to Barcass, get them a runny games and try to get, and I keep going on about this triangle that Andy Lynch was speaking about, where you get this relationship between the goalie and the, the two centre-halves, everything else works around that, so your full-backs work around it, your defensive midfield player works around it, and I was very um, complimentary, I think, about Duffy when he first came in about how he actually was playing with Iyer. and a lot of that was down to the way that he was leading Iyer through games, wasn't he, Kevin? He was he was playing like that captain at the back, and he was getting Iyer to do defensive work first and foremost before thinking about uh, you know the galloping runs and the the big you know Hollywood passes and all that kind of stuff. It was get the basics done right and. I think that's kind of been overlooked a wee bit because of the bad performances of Shane Duffy and I'm not ignoring that uh, or try to disguise that but I think he was good in other areas and I think he was he was there and he was doing wonders for Ayer's defensive positional play etc so if you've got Duffy in there which I think is a cert uh, due to the injuries uh, of Julien and also the absence through the the quarantine of Ayer and I, I would marry him up I've got to say I would marry him up with uh, Beaton Frimpong's out of course so go back to someone who has got more of the defensive qualities in Ilhamid I did think about the left Kevin I was thinking back not dropping Laxalt no way because he's been excellent since he come in I think only one game he didn't get pass marks uh, but I was thinking about Taylor is it time to bring back Taylor and play with Laxol. two more defensive style
2: and you could move Laxalt and move Laxalt into
5: Moyes position you know that attacking um, area then You know that's a possibility something that I think maybe even Neil Lennon will will consider as well do we play two up the front I would love to Neil Lennon's not going to is he he's going to be playing with one up front and then the question is who do you play and I think he'll go for Eddie over Ayeti I think he would go for Edward Um, I I, I see the benefit of having Griff on the bench even yet at at this moment in time in a game like this
2: playing Eddie I think would be harsh on Ayeti after his performance at Fir Park I think that would be really harsh to drop him eh, because he done well at Fur Park. His work rate was fantastic. Mm. He showed more more hunger. He um, was like a wee buzz bomb. I like him. He's got. But a, then Eddie's got, maybe had a rest, and you know uh, he's got a decent attitude. And I think, I think if you're going on the previous game, and maybe we've got to manage Eddie back. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think there could be a a very good case to
5: put that Eddie's already checked it I think that could be the case I well I hope I hope, you know I hope you're wrong I hope you're wrong so I are, mean there's this consideration hanging over all Celtic fans uh, around January and what's going to happen in January we know that financially uh, you know it's a perilous situation for every business and every football club uh, are we going to sell one of our big star players is it going to be Eddie is it going to be Ayer? Um I hope he's not checked out Kevin because I think he can still contribute uh, if he has I'm, I'm of the view and I'm not comparing the players I'm just, you know, if someone checks out and they're not going to give you the performance then I agree with you, you don't play him I, I remember remember, John Gadetti came in, he looked brilliant, he looked like what a player he was, you know but then when he made it known that he was only there for a short period and he was going to he had no intention of staying, Ronnie Dale stopped playing him, he just stopped playing him if you remember and um, then, then he, he threw the toys at the pram after G'day, that Gidetti
2: could have been a star for us I've said that before eh? that was very disappointing it was. Did, eh? he it was. showed flashes didn't he he did and very disappointing with eh? Gidetti um, but Daryl was quite right as soon as that what that was says, then what was the point uh, well, that was actually a really, really decent decision by Ronnie mm-hmm. at a time where he wasn't under that much pressure but his stock was probably at his highest at that point when he yeah. done that with Gadetti because we were playing good football at the time. And that, that was good management by Ronnie, truthfully.
5: So, I think it was. If if you go back to Greg Taylor uh, at left-back, let's say, uh, Laxalt gets pushed up into one of these advanced midfield positions, Kevin. Then it, it does ask you the question again though Is it just a simple He steps into El Elianousi's boots And you've still got Christie and, and Rodic in there as well uh, That means you've still got Brown and McGregor behind them You could still arguably play McGregor In a more advanced position Than playing a, a deep kind of lion mm-hmm. midfielder Which again I think he's wasted there mm-hmm. He's far better offensively isn't he?
2: He is De- Definitely And it's Laxalt's like one of these strange players where I've, I haven't got that worry about him defensively and I haven't got that worry about him going forward. He can do it. He, he's actually shown that he can do it. Mm-hmm. It, it. It's not like Greg Taylor, who we've already seen as limited with what he can do in an offensive nature. Yep. But when you put him on a team and a setup, when you go, like, you're only defending, he looks great mm-hmm. because he sticks to his job and that's the level of player that he is. We Laxalt, like could, could he actually do what Moy does, because...
5: He might not have the the shooting prowess, but certainly the, the creative element of that, I, I have no doubts. I mean, I, you I see how th- many's rampaging in that left wing.
2: I, I think Moy loves the fact that Rogic's there because Moy doesn't need to create for himself. Mm-hmm. He knows that he's got somebody there that can do it for him. And he just concentrates on getting into those goal-scoring positions. Mm-hmm.
5: Um, what I see with A3, Kevin, if it's Yunusi. Roderick and Christie, I see the energy coming from Christie and El Yanoussi, and Roderick's there uh, almost just to add a finishing touch, play the defence, split and pass, and that's Roderick's kind of role in there. Is he a luxury player? Well, he would be if he wasn't setting up two goals a game, you know, but that's his role in there, and he's got all that energy around him. If you move El that kind of energy that so gives you makes the dynamic um, almost match when El is playing, so I think he could step in there pretty easily.
2: He could. It could. But I'm not 100 percent sure. I think he's more uh, a dynamic wide player mm-hmm. than for Moyes. It would, it would add a com- completely different dimension to that role and then in the structure of yep. the team uh, to what we've seen previously. Even when we play, even when you when you've got Mikey Johnson that maybe playing that position as well, they still play that position as a wide forward. They don't play it as a fullback. Wait, if you know what, if you, were going, if you were going for a four in the middle of the park and you put him on the left hand side of midfield as an old fashioned left hand side midfielder then I would say it would work
5: I think I'm looking at the balance you know when you've got like <coughs> Salt in one, one wing and Frimpong in another there's a good balance to that You bring in El Hamid although you know he's okay going forward we've seen that this season I still don't think he gives you what what Frimpong gives you uh, in in an attacking sense. So the balance is different.
2: If if you're shouting about getting defensive organisation back and getting back to basics, then basically what you'd be looking to do would be bring back Taylor and play Laxalt as a left-hand-sided midfielder in front of him. Mm -hmm. But as a genuine left-hand-sided midfielder, Mm -hmm. not a left-hand-sided forward. So that would mean changing the shape of the team.
5: Which you don't think, no don't think do. the
2: coaching staff will do.
5: Well, let's see. Uh, there's plenty of comments coming through. Now, if you are commenting on YouTube, make sure to subscribe because we're careering towards 4,500 subscribers, Kevin. Which really, you know, it's excellent because we've only really started posting on YouTube in the last three months. So we're looking to push that right up by the end of the year to 5,000 and then beyond and we'll see what happens next year. So thanks everybody for getting involved. Let's work through some Of the comments coming through Stephen Forbes Welcome back to the show Stephen Hypothetical question but a sincere one If fans were in the stadiums Would Christie receive applause From opposing fans this coming weekend After his recent heroics Would society rise above it? It's an interesting question I mean it's been a long long time For Scottish football fans uh, To be in a position where You know you're maybe proud of your nation And that nation's made up of uh, players from Celtic if you're a Hibs fan for example do you think we'd ever see something like that?
2: I don't know I, I don't really know in Scotland um, the fact that it's Easter Road they might get a decent reception at Easter Road before the game starts but once the game starts then it's the tribal lines are out right there the, 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 it's tribalism eh you want that player to I go to watch Scotland and I don't want somebody that I've, I've, I've shouted for on a Wednesday night To do well against my club team On a Saturday so Have
5: you ever applauded Have you ever um, Have you personally ever done it Beyond a testimonial game uh, An opposing player
2: um, Messi Trezor gave when he got um, Taken off against us uh, Trezeguet Trezeguet was a fabulous performance That night the day When we bet them 4-3 he was, he was superb that night
5: there's, a, there's an admiration for players that are maybe coming to Celtic Park on a European night Aye. that I don't think you get domestically, do you? No, I can't no. think, I'm thinking, and the scary thing was, the other day they were talking about the first game, I think I seen a, a post by J.P. Mason, a good pal of the podcast, J.P., good lad, and he was talking about the first Celtic game against his last Celtic game, his first gig against his last gig, Aye. and his first game, I think, was in 1988, I think. Uh, Mings was in 1987, which actually means Kevin that I've watched Celtic in five decades. That's pretty scary. That is pretty scary, mate. Same same
2: as me. Five decades. My first game was 81.
5: 81. So you're almost six. You know, if it was just stretched back a wee bit, Mm -hmm. but five decades stretched over 33 years, as it happens. But um, I can't think how much
2: time and emotion have we wasted.
5: Hmm? I don't. Is it ever wasted? Is it ever wasted?
2: (laughs) I don't know. it
5: The us daft. I know, but you know what? This, it's is, my, this is my weekly therapy
2: session. That and I've come in here for. That's why
5: you're here. That's why I speak to you. You like yourself and Jim and all the other guys. Um, Tony Cassidy. Here's a here's a wee point from Tony. Welcome back, Tony. Good to see you, Griff and Eddie. Up front, job done. Have we seen enough of that this season, Kevin? And I know Edward's off the boil at the moment. It's not the Edward that we fell in love with. It's not the Edward that people were talking about thirty and forty million pounds. But we do know that him and Griff have. A good partnership. Have we seen enough of that to try and get us through the rut or beyond the rut?
2: No, this season, no. Uh, you've got a an Eddie who's a shadowy self, and you've got an unfit Lee Griffiths, according to our coach and stuff. So, I which has resulted
5: in a wee conversation over the phone between him and Chris Sutton, by all accounts.
2: Well, it should have resulted in a conversation between Chris Sutton and Neil Lennon, Aye. rather than Chris Sutton and uh, Lee Griffiths. How can you get your coaching staff and your manager in the public face been saying since July that Lee Griffiths is not fit? I know, and he's been training with the top level coaches, or supposedly top level coaches that this that, that the club can provide, mm-hmm. and he's still not fit. I know. I just find that bizarre A lot of the stuff that comes out of our club And has been coming out of our club This season has been Hypocritical Has been contradictory Has been just utter nonsense When you actually Look into it
5: Now Jungle Lion who comments regularly via Twitter Welcome to the show Celtic don't need two defensive midfielders Especially in the Scottish games And definitely need two up front I think there is an argument Kevin When you're looking at domestically uh, for us to, to change the shape You know you don't play the same shape Against AC Milan as you would At Easter Road or at For Park surely
2: no, uh, It's too easy to say that we did not need Two defensive midfielders We've got two defensive midfielders there now, And we can't keep wins out of course we can't, we can't stop not giving up chances Because there's no organisation To the suppose, two supposed defend, defensive midfielders when you watch Celtic at this precise moment in time, there doesn't seem to be a structure of who sits and who goes. When you look at when you look at the goals that that we've lost in Europe this season, I mean that was like the charge of the light brigade. Where was our midfield? Where was our backs? They were not there. When you again, this this because Who's, whose
5: fault is that? It's
2: the coaching staffs. You look at the two Scotland games there. Mm-hmm. You never once saw them getting ripped apart. No. You never
5: disciplined, so, organised but then I thought for 60 minutes against Luke Kevin that's what we were banging on about look I at the shape, look at the organisation, look at the discipline it was almost as if they were sent out with a different coaching staff that night and that's why it gave us that wee bit of, kind of belief that we're going to turn this round you actually thought we we're going to turn this round you go out against Aberdeen, you beat them 2 nothing. you're in the Scottish Cup final, all is good and then Sparta Bragg happened
2: now that's what makes you think there's something bigger wrong, you just kind of go from that height a Lille away to Sparta Prague
5: in the space of a week. We can. We can. And we did.
2: Fennis Varosh. Well, well, let's let's be truthful here, eh? Sparta Prague and Fennis Varosh and mm. Rangers have been typical of your season. Lille was a was An anomaly. It was an anomaly.
5: But it did look as though we went out with a, a different kind of purpose that night, Kevin. Mm-hmm. You know, even the the energy you were getting from the coaching. Uh, staff on the side of the park was completely different wasn't it uh-huh. um, had the Sparta Prague you know, result not been in there then we'd probably be sitting here and not over analysing the, the deficiencies of the Motherwell result because it's a 4-1 win at the end of the day uh, but there was plenty, there was of, plenty deficiencies. of deficiencies in that. Um, I mean going back I remember you being criticised by me and others uh, because you said that defensively Celtic were woeful against Ross County folk thought you were talking nonsense because we won 5-0 when you look back on that it's the same kind of defensive display that we saw against Motherwell. they were cutting through us time and time again Mm. three times in the first half against Ross County you were criticised for it Kev
2: I know and I was right I Mm. was right I know but I'm giving you
5: a wee bit of a boost there I'm giving you a compliment there we have
2: no organised shape it doesn't look like we've got an organised shape and as you say to go from Lille where we looked organised great one of our best away per- European performances for 60 minutes until we lost Ayer mm-hmm. to Sparta Prague where it looked like we had just been introduced to each other I know is you have to have a look at the preparation in the team yeah. well, what's the team done differently for Lille Sparta Prague mm-hmm. why have the team not kept because the game plan probably wasn't that much different the shape of the team probably wasn't that much different so why did they not do it purely motivation Purely the preparation for the game, mm-hmm. purely that the fact that they went into that game with the wrong mindset. Now it was interesting that you, you interesting that you mentioned um, the coaching staff talking to each other and the energy for the coaching yeah. staff. And I had a laugh. You can't you didn't see Steve Clark jumping about there when the cameras panty Steve Clark over the last two games. He's been sitting there looking as doer as what he usually does, but his players are out there playing for him.
5: No, they're they're sticking to the plan. They're sticking to the plan. Now Jaffa Cake you've mentioned uh, Sorry you commented rather on YouTube Julien's keeping fit modelling for the Celtic shop The reason I'm bringing that up I came across an old Celtic catalogue From the early 2000s Kevin And these things were brilliant They were absolute dynamite It was like 80 pages uh, Absolute junk that we were selling With anything with Celtic on it HH67 all that stuff You know just chuck it on a garment And it will sell Some cracking gear And it was being modelled by Bobby Petter uh, Neil Lennon and Johan Mialbe that was the three models that season Big Melby I know aye um, He was just
2: topless or
5: not you know? No he wasn't actually He was wearing a big You know it was like A, a casual range With roll necks And all that kind of stuff Who bought all that stuff Somebody must have bought it
2: There'll be fuck out there With wardrobes for later uh,
5: Your leather jackets Jeans With the crest on the pocket And everything
2: I want to know If anybody ever bought A pair of jeans Can somebody they must admit, have done, Can mate. somebody admit to it I'd <laughs> to love to
5: see a pair uh, I'd love to see a pair. Now, Jungle Line um, is making a good point. It's not the time for experimenting. I think that's maybe where I was coming from, actually, when I'm talking about bringing back the likes of Taylor. If you bring back Frimpong, let's, uh, not Frimpong, El Hamid. Bring back Taylor. Push that salt uh, up. Um, because I don't think salt would be like a fish out of water if you were to do that, Kevin. Um, people might scoff for that because I, Taylor was one of the boys that was, you know, in the end of a lot of the, the criticism... Uh, but that, that quite soon moved into Duffy territory, didn't it? Um, you've given me your, your lineup, up Kev. You've given me your line-up.
2: We've, we've maybe got to have a look at it from the coaching staff point of view. The last time that we went out, we won 4-1 at a tough away venue. So there'll they'll, they'll be a, as minimum changes as possible. Because mm-hmm. they'll look at that as a good result. And I think that's just purely down to the lack of time together time that they're going to have to prepare for this game this week.
5: Mm-hmm. It might benefit a few people that haven't been on, obviously on, on duty as well, though, Kevin. Robert Highland, Stevie Woods, would have known how good or bad Marshall was and that he was available on a free, why did we buy Barcast then? David,
2: David Marshall was already came out and said he was nowhere near joining Celtic. There was never an offer on the table. So that, this is just, for me, this is like fake news. Mm. The, the players came out and admitted that he, he was never contacted by Celtic mm-hmm. So
5: so we've gone hell for to try and get four start. Hasn't worked, we've gone for bar, bar plan, plan B Barkas
2: And David Marshall's playing for Derby County Who are bottom in the English Championship mm-hmm. So who look like they're going to appoint John Terry as a manager Which is absolutely hilarious
5: Scott Graham, I've seen his name popping up on this broadcast time and time Joe again. Joe Porter keeps on saying I tend not to click on it, sorry Joe. Uh, Scott Graham, barcast is an international class, he's not a flop. I think that's the way that we need to to look at the situation with not just barcast but with him and Duffy. Let's clean the slate here, hopefully the international break's going to do that and we can look at what the plan actually was for the second half of the season Kevin because mm. the first half, you know, crisis of confidence um, injuries on both their parts because obviously, you know, Duffy played through injury, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, Duffy was acclimatising to the game and also to play, to playing two and three games a week from a period of near stagnation at Brighton and Hove Albion. Um, I'm not saying it's a magic wand, Kevin, but if we get the two players that we thought were signing, the whole thing, there's a, there's a different veneer of confidence starting to appear in that Celtic side. We have to use this break to come back
2: revigorated. Um, whatever happens I think it doesn't matter what we sit here and say Neil and the coaching staff have got the backing of the people that matter and that is the guys who can hire and fire them mm-hmm. and they'll have a look at the bigger picture I mentioned the bad luck everything seems to be going wrong these guys have no they have made bad decisions I've listed the bad decisions but they'll be looking at the bigger picture because we, we're maybe a bit tunnel vision regarding results, performances and that they're maybe sitting there far more relaxed than us, saying well this is wrong that's went wrong, that's went wrong but none of it, a lot of it's been out with the coaching staffies, staff's control so Neil's got the backing of them, and we need to give Neil, the coaching staff and team, our backing as well, and hopefully we can use this break to actually kick on, from now, from now to the cup final
5: Well, see the big thing was I thought we had done it. I thought we had done it um, in relation to the performance we had against Lille and then the Aberdeen one. I thought we had done it. Um, Now... Billy Coaches. Billy Subs, sorry give no, Billy no. Subs Grant why has my comment been deleted I've not deleted any comments today actually Billy so I don't know how that would happen but um, I certainly haven't deleted any it's been quite tame on the comments today which is actually quite good sometimes it gets a wee bit uh, fruity on there but uh, we're looking at uh, some of the comments coming in we were talking about Big Mialbe. Um I think one word to describe him would be photogenic Kevin uh, could do with Mialbi now on or off the park I've seen a lot of comments actually thanks for that Robert I have seen a lot of comments coming in about you know Lenny's backroom team I think it is a a strange dynamic that we have and it would be the same really in any kind of football club if you're not choosing yeah I I thought that was a strange dynamic with Ronnie Dylah and John Collins Mm -hmm. because you're not a team you're getting thrown together make it work you know you're not you don't have that uh, dynamic element of a successful coaching side and I'm not saying for a minute Neil Lennon should bring in his old coaching uh, buddies because I think it's pretty fractured in terms of their relationships with Peter Lowell going by even just some of Alan Thompson's tweets recently. It's not going to happen, is it? Um, I
2: think also people who were close to the situation with regards to Neil's former backroom staff as well have actually said it's not the type of culture that you want in the club.
5: And we're talking about culture, aren't Mm -hmm. we? Um, But again... I made a comment another week there, and it's come back. I'm not going to say it's come back to haunt me because you never know in football. Uh, because people's stock rise and, and drop pretty rapidly in football, Kevin, you know, and you've got people that um, would maybe like that the, the, the comment that I made in relation to Robert Martinez. But I'm talking about elite level managers, then. Jim Orr came in last Friday. And you know, spoke about what is an elite manager Very interesting points that Jim made I've got to say, it was Martin O'Neill an elite manager When we brought him in Was Brendan Rodgers in fact, an elite manager I think that the whole culture and the mentality that Rodgers introduced when he came to Celtic Was of an elite mentality Of an elite club Absolutely, is he an elite manager Well he hadn't won anything really, had he? At the top level, Uh, so probably not And then people scoff at the idea of bringing in someone Like Eddie Howe, again don't put my name to that. I've never asked for, for that to be considered. Um, but, you know, people say he's never won anything. Neither did Brennan Rodgers. Yeah, no one would swap what he gave us for about 18 months. No one would swap that, you know. Um, so, again, it's one of these considerations. And I was looking also at the, the situation whereby what if someone else was to come into the coaching staff? Would that would that help? Would that help with the um, the dynamic within the coaching staff? If so, who would it be? You know, um, And I'm not talking about a director of football Because that goes a way above That goes to the, the business element Of dealing with players and agents and all that And taking all that away from the manager But, you know, Gavin Strachan's come in, Kevin um, Replacing Damien Duff Has that had an effect on the players? Easy, negatively? It's positively? It's
2: an easy conclusion to come to mm. Because when you look at last season to this season That's the only thing that's changed Obviously we've got six new players But we're, we're focusing on the coaching staff here The only thing that's changed in that dynamic Is Gavin Stratton coming in mm-hmm. So it's easy to say To Rumour that To make wild accusations That the players didn't like him, didn't like his training Didn't like this, didn't like that Who would, who would pick The other member of coaching staff coming in?
5: Well, if it's not Neil Lennon, it, it can maybe contribute to the situation and the dynamic.
2: So, for example, the rumour is Neil Lennon wanted Tommy Johnson to come in to that coaching, that, the coaching back room before Gavin Strang. All okay. right. Okay. That is that's a rumour. I've never that heard that. I've got to say. I don't know if it's true or not. But for, for the point I'm going to make, say it is true. And say Neil then goes and brings in Tommy Johnson now. He says to the boat, he says to Dermot and Peter, I need a wee bit of hand here. I think bringing Tommy in, a bit of energy, a bit of, he'll g the place up because he's quite a, he's quite a, he's a fun character by the looks of him. You've interviewed him actually. Yeah, I have. I. And so I, I want to bring him in. What does that do to John Kennedy's nose? What does that do to Gavin Stratton's nose? But how,
5: how does that benefit what we are needing? We are needing tactics. We are needing analysis. Well, we are needing I, I, shape. I, I was
2: just chucking... You know what I mean there. though? I was just chucking... Because I, I like get what
5: you're saying. That is what Tommy Johnson would bring. Mm-hmm. You know, but, but then, you're hoping for a bit more than that.
2: Maybe. Maybe he has got a good tactical brain. I don't Again, I just kind of painted him as a sort of Terry McDermott figure there, didn't I? Mm-hmm. You so, did. But... I've, I've, just for the point that I'm trying to make without knowing what Tommy Johnson would actually bring in a football mm-hmm. sense mm-hmm. the point I was trying to make that would change the dynamic of the backroom staff again again
5: yeah, again. yeah.
2: and if we're saying that the easiest conclusion to come to is the fact that Gavin Stratton's came in and that's changed the dynamic of the backroom staff then bringing in somebody else is just going to make it worse that's my view anyway
5: that's no, an I, interesting I, view um, it certainly is I mean it's one of these things Kevin again that we're going to continue talking about it. people are talking about uh, negative narratives and you know the narrative is based on what's happening on the pitch and if Celtic go out there and we beat Hibs and it looks as in the corner based on that and the Motherwell result then fine we'll talk about that but whilst the 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 performances are so up and down And yet the good performances are so sporadic And sometimes not even within the 90 minutes Are you getting a good performance You're maybe getting a good 45 minutes here Or a good hour there We're going to question everything from The players right through to the coaching staff Of course yeah. are um, Now when we're looking also at uh, Old Celtic catalogs and the old merch Red Scotland comes in to admit That he did have Flintstone jeans when he was a nipper. I'm sure that myself and you will remember them I don't, I remember tartan jeans though um, and Philip DeMarco says that I had Celtic trainers back in the 90s. What were the hits? Mets? Mets. Mets for the
2: centenary ones, eh? yeah.
5: And Martin Davis says I had a pair of them. So he bought a pair of those Celtic jeans. Wow. Wow. Um, now that was just a wee bit kind of light entertainment because obviously we didn't want everything to be negative, Kev. But uh, <laughs> we're looking ahead. We're looking ahead to the, the Hibs game. Uh, Ryan Christie. You know he's the type of player that there was a, a period in his career that I thought he would have ended up at a club like Hibbs. And look at him now. You know he's he's obviously looking uh, to move down to England. I don't think that that's um, uh, any secret. Another thing to consider is that Bobby Madden will be refereeing the game. That's his first Celtic game of the season. Uh, the other referee who hasn't refereed a Celtic game is Kevin Clancy. Interestingly enough, but he will be refereeing the Rangers game won't he? Uh, Bobby Madden, I know that he's had previous, I know that uh, obviously Kim Tierney got his jaw broke and no action was taken. Um, I remember an incident in 2017 when Clint Hill scythed Lee Griffiths mm-hmm. and nothing happened. But overall and since then, Kevin, I mean, Bobby Madden, is he any worse than some of the refs we've had this season?
2: Yeah, the, the standard of referee in Scottish football is absolutely horse shite. So,
5: <laughs> Interesting description. It
2: is, it is though. And we, we can, we can get ourselves holes talking about bias and that that we want. But if you, if you watch enough of Scottish football, you'll know that the standard of refereeing in Scotland is absolutely atrocious. And it is what it is. We just need to make sure that we're good enough on the day and put ourselves far enough in front that any sort of unconscious bias, absolutely horrendous mistakes... They cost
5: us. Talking of unconscious bias We've not actually mentioned this But obviously you've seen the comments By the now former FA chairman the other day uh, Where someone really should have taken the shovel off him Because he just kept digging didn't he mm-hmm. um, And there's been a suggestion Obviously after our interview with John Barnes um, A few months ago we spoke to Paul Elliott And it was a very enjoyable interview It's got to be said I mean the, the guy's brilliant to speak to um, Is he a forerunner for the the big job down, oh, look, down south? I
2: hope so He deserves it uh, from his campaigning point of view, over the last for since he's retired, uh, what it would represent a point in Paul Elliott as the head of the FA. He's very articulate. He made the same points as John Barnes, but extremely a hundred times better. Mm. He uh, what his view wasn't that no,
5: wasn't it, it wasn't different. No. was different
2: from John Barnes. Yeah, but it was just the way that he put it across mm-hmm. was.
5: And he never fell out of me.
2: And he never fell out of you, no. Know? You did, Bansy, To be fair. He enjoyed his time at Celtic as well. Oh, yeah, I loved, I loved it. the big fella. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I loved loved the big fella. Imagine
5: having somebody like that introduced to the SFA in the highest cyclones of Scottish football.
2: Wow, we can uh, all dream, it. Eh? You know what I mean? I know, that, that would be steady. What's the guy there? It's the boy Maxwell, Ian mm-hmm. Maxwell, it's there mm-hmm. anyway.
5: Famed for creating Pat a Bonner Patrick at, Thistle mascot.
2: Uh, Pat Bonner spoke about, we we're talking about Shane Duffy. Pat Bonner compared Shane Duffy to Paul Elliott the other week. Eh? Really? Aye. Aye. What mean, did you
5: compare it, man? Again, somebody uh, carrying a fridge up a stairwell.
2: Aye, but the fridge looks. I prefer good Pat <laughs> <laughs> But the fridge looks good when eventually you get it up the stairs into your house, mm-hmm. into the into the well, corner. hopefully, where it's meant to, hopefully, when it hopefully gets that's there, where
5: Shane Duffy is now after uh, his performance yesterday. I mean, I'm I'm clinging on to these hopes that hope, the confidence part, will bring performance. What
2: was going on about though, Paul, was the fact that it took Paul Elliot six months to settle in.
5: It did. 16 bookings in his first season, remember? Right. It did take him a while to settling. Um, and I think that, you know, we've said it before, we've said it again, I think the Barcast and Duffy dynamic, if we can sort that out, Kevin, I don't even think that's as big a problem as the midfield um, issue that we've discussed. But I think that is also an issue that we need to look at. If we can see it, the coaching staff, surely can see it, you would hope so. even though they've only analysed one game this season by all accounts. Um, loads of questions coming in, if you are watching this on YouTube, please remember to subscribe. Kevin and I will be back later on this afternoon where we'll be doing a Scream of Celica. If you don't know what the uh, the whole concept is, Kevin, what is Scream of Celica? It's another Celtic state of mind podcast.
2: It's another Celtic state of mind a podcast where I, I pick an album uh, which... M- was big that year or played a major part in my life and we have a look at what was happening at Celtic at that time I then take it to what I'm calling the catching the butterfly moment if you think of chaos theory and the butterfly effect so I go back to that time and change one moment and see where it goes in history
5: the sliding doors moment because that's how your brain works you think about You know, universities in a different place and all that. It's great. It's great to listen to.
2: We do it with the football team and we do it with the music, the album as well.
5: Imagine, imagine.
2: We go back to two thousand and five today. This afternoon. All
5: right, May two thousand and five.
2: May two thousand and
5: five. Brilliant. So we'll be back in about an hour or so, Kevin. But uh, all that's left for me to say is, Kevin Graham, one of the originals. Thank you once again for joining me on a Celtic state of mind.
2: Thank you.